This episode is proudly sponsored by The Helix, a new innovation district located in New Brunswick, New Jersey, the heart of the Northeast Corridor. The Helix provides a critical ecosystem for innovation by offering a range of physical environments, a vibrant community of leading innovators, and a strategic central location on the Northeast Corridor. The Helix will uniquely mix workspaces, classrooms, laboratories, venues, and collaborative environments creating a dynamic community and setting for innovative minds. Universities, startups, Fortune 500 companies, entrepreneurs, researchers, and many others will all call the Helix home. Thus far, the Helix has assembled a community of innovative private and public organizations, such as Rutgers Health, the New Jersey Innovation Hub, RWJ Barnabas Health, Hackensack Meridian Health, universities from Ireland and Israel, and others. The Helix is where ideas will come to life. To learn more, visit helixnj.com. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. From NJ.com and the Star Ledger, welcome to the Rutgers Rant. One-stop podcast for the Scarlet Knights with your hosts Steve Politi and Rutgers insiders Brian Fonseca and Pat Lenny. Let's start shopping. All right, hello everybody. Welcome back to the Rutgers rant. Politi here, Fonseca Lanny. All right, I'm going to start here, guys. Here we go. Lots of ifs here in this opener, but if Northwestern can beat Maryland. If Indiana can almost beat Penn State, and I get it, the word almost is doing a lot of work in that sentence, but work with me for a minute here. If Indiana can almost beat Penn State, if Virginia Tech is pretty good after all, right? I mean, you know, they're 4-4, they beat Syracuse by like 100 points. If all of these things are true, it suddenly feels like as we head into these final four games after the bye, we've got a manageable schedule. Maybe not manageable is not the right word, but... I don't know, a little easier than we thought maybe in August when we were looking at this schedule. Four games left. I don't know. The week, the week's results showed me something here. you guys agree with this statement that perhaps things are a little different than we thought? I would say that even entering the bye, I thought getting one more win in the last four games would be really good. I think after last weekend, and obviously this is recency bias because – what a sample size of one weekend probably isn't enough, but the feeling to me is that if you don't win one of these last two games, it's Iowa against uh, Maryland. If you don't give yourself a chance against Ohio State and Penn State, Ohio State was in a dogfight with Wisconsin playing their second string quarterback. And as you mentioned, Penn State looked, I mean, horrible until they really needed to look good. I got to think you got to win at least one of these next two games to, uh, you, you, you have to, right? Just as well as you've been playing and as bad as the other teams have looked. Pat, what do you think? Well, uh, Iowa didn't score this week. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever heard that before, but they were on a bye. Yes. I've been on that Rutgers was going to be competitive since I with Iowa for a long time now. I think that's very winnable game. And the Maryland, I was the opposite. I thought Rutgers had no chance against Maryland, and here we are. So I really think the two wins are on the table. And the competitiveness factor in the other two games against Ohio State and Penn State is really going to matter. Yeah, I just don't know. And I didn't watch any, to be completely upfront, didn't watch any of the Indiana-Penn State game. I saw that score in the fourth quarter. You're like, what? 
I mean, watching it, I mean, we obviously we were in the stadium watching that game last weekend. It was just, it just, you didn't think Indiana would have a chance against any of these teams. I mean, I'm just stunned to see them. They were in a game against Penn State. Probably if they, if uh, Tom Allen didn't kind of chicken out there at the end, uh, might have had a chance to pull off an upset in that game. I guess it didn't go that way. To, to me, it shows you that, all right, Penn State certainly is not this is juggernaut that we've seen coming here before. I did watch some of the Ohio State Wisconsin game and kind of felt the same way. I mean, you know, all right, I, you know, other than Marvin Harrison, granted, again, other than is a big statement here. The, the guy's the best. I think he's my Heisman vote right now. Marvin Harrison, he's incredible. Other than that, and they've got a very good defense. This is not a team that's going to put up 60 points on you. So I don't know. Yeah, they they are, again, they, they are Iowa, just a lot better. They're really good defensively they have what iowa doesn't have a star wide receiver obviously in marvin harrison uh they got travion henderson back who's a really big factor for them at running back right. and they might get their second best wide receiver Emeka, his last name i don't remember he was they held him out last week he's probably going to be back for Rutgers, so that's a difference but kyle mccord son of a former Rutgers quarterback hasn't been great especially not when you compare him to the former recent ohio state quarterbacks cj strouds uh, guys like that who have been really, really good in the Heisman race. Kyle McCord seems like he's been dealing with some ankle stuff the last few weeks. They've been trying not to make that a big thing, but he was walking out with a heavily iced ankle of the stadium on Saturday. I don't think he's in danger of not playing, but my point is that he's been ineffective. The injury doesn't help. So when you have a mortal quarterback, when you only have a couple of offensive weapons compared to the many they used to have, yeah, scoring against that defense is going to be borderline impossible because they might have the best defense in the Big Ten, which is saying a lot. But if you can do what Rutgers has done, not turn the ball over, not beat yourself, maybe get a big special teams play and keep Marvin Harrison in check. I don't know if that's feasible, but if you keep him in check, if you can control the run game a bit, I certainly think you can get into the fourth quarter and be within, like Wisconsin, be within a score, which really, I think once you're there, talk about playing with house money. If you're in a one-score game with Ohio State in the fourth quarter on national television, I think that's just like Indiana got this week with Penn State. I think that's a pretty big win. Vegas agrees with uh, with us here in this analysis. 20 points. Uh, I don't know if it's moved since then, if you've seen it, but it opened with Ohio State minus 20, which is significant because in nine meetings against Ohio State, Rutgers has never come within three touchdowns. I think once they came within three touchdowns, 20, 22 points, um, but every other game's like 50 to, to nothing. So, I mean, the, obviously Vegas is expecting a much different thing this week. It's a different Rutgers team and it's a different Ohio State team. I mean, uh, the home field advantage is going to help. I'm not quite ready to say Rutgers is going to be within a score in the fourth quarter, Pat. I mean, I I, I guess I just wonder how they're going to score against that defense. It's a huge concern and everything kind of went right for Wisconsin in that game against Ohio State. They picked off McCord twice, they recovered a fumble, and still didn't feel all that close to me. Yeah. I, I thought Ohio State was really in control, and I thought Trevion Henderson was a big reason why you could see the difference that he brought to the offense. So it's almost like the difference that Kyle Manungai brings to the Rutgers offense. If they didn't have Manungai, Rutgers would be in a bad position. Ohio State is not at, does not play at as, as, at, as high a level without Trevion Henderson. So I think his return was huge. Marvin Harrison is tremendous, obviously. Yeah, I think this is going to be a real test whether Rutgers can run the ball over these next or against these three really tough defenses, starting with Ohio State. And if not, it's really going to be on Gavin Wimsett to make some plays. Wisconsin really couldn't move the ball at all through the air, and and that kind of sunk them. 
Rutgers is going to have to prove that if the running game doesn't work like it like it hasn't against some of these great defenses like Michigan and others, can Gavin Wimson make the plays uh, through the air? Brian, we talked about this in the last show. Do you think there's something this team can do um, coming out of the bye week to 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 switch things up offensively, or is it just this is just Ohio State? Forget it. I think it's Ohio State's definitely a tough opponent to experiment against. I think we we all agree there's no secret formula hidden in the vault of the Hale Center that they're going to pull out. And it matters also like what kind of personnel you have, right? Like Rutgers suddenly didn't get you know Marvin Harrison type wide receivers and an elite tight end, and you know they have what they have. They have the pieces they have to work with. I think they can certainly maximize it as they've done recently. I think they hope the offensive line still stays relatively steady. Kyle Manungai stays running really hard and breaking a lot of tackles because he's going to have to. Uh, and they got to hope that Gavin Wimsett, you know, takes the jump and makes one. He has to keep not throwing interceptions. Like that's I know we harp on that a lot. He absolutely cannot throw an interception against Ohio State. Like that is a death sentence. Uh, and once you do that, can he complete some passes, some deep passes? Can he be a little bit more accurate? Can his wide receivers help him a bit and not drop at least two passes this game? Can they convert? I don't know if you guys saw, this is a little out of the left field, but the Stanford-Washington game, Stanford had a chance of upsetting Washington. They had the, they went for it on fourth down late in the fourth quarter. Trick play, guy is wide open, and he just drops the ball. He just drops the ball, and the game was over. If you get a chance like that, if you do open up the playbook, if you do pull out the trick plays, you got you got to pull through and do them, right? So all of that kind of has to go together. I really think it has to be an absolute perfect storm. Every literally everything from the temperature, from the fans, from every the wind, everything has to go right for Rutgers to beat Ohio State. I don't think it's impossible like it's been every year. I do think Rutgers will hold them to less than 49 points for the first time ever. I'm with you, Steve. I'm not sure a one-score game in the fourth quarter is likely. It's funny that you mentioned another one, uh, Washington, Stanford, you know, Kansas, Oklahoma. I mean, it happens. I guess we get to that point. It happens. You know, I mean, I, it hasn't happened here. That's it the happens. Thing. The thing is that Rutgers is finally at a point where they can be a team that makes it happen, right? Like the Rutgers of the past five years, maybe not five years, but of the three years before Shiano came, it was unfathomable. Like you could not even possibly conceive AI couldn't create a scenario where Rutgers comes within two scores of Ohio State in the third quarter. So again, a testament to where Greg Shiano has brought this program back to. People won't laugh you off the street if you told them, hey, Rutgers, maybe. So that's a, another great sign for where they are. What do you think we're going to hear from Greg when we when we ask him this week about his relationship with Ryan Day, what happened last year in Columbus? Excited, sort of a firework moment, a firework at the right moment. But considering this has been um, nine meetings where this is the one interesting thing, the one combustible thing that's happened during that with Greg Shannon marching over to the other sideline, uh, some words exchanged, a little bit of heat there. Obviously, they were former colleagues uh, at Ohio State back in the day, Ryan Day and Greg Shannon. Pat, are we going to, is he going to dodge that question pretty? Uh, yeah, he's going to dodge that question, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I know. And there was another question that actually made him think about it was uh, when he got the, the personal foul uh, earlier this season. Uh, I forget which game it was, but it brought up like he asked his son, like, have I ever gotten a personal foul called on me on the sidelines? And he's like, his son was like, yeah, uh, the Ryan Day thing. <laughs> and he was completely embarrassed. He said in that moment that he was completely embarrassed by his behavior from last season. So I, I don't think he'll be uh, very excited to talk about it. No, I don't know. I mean, I think Rutgers fans loved it. 
I don't know. Yeah. No, what's the of reason course. to be embarrassed? Um, and it's funny, Ryan Day, it's you know, the guy has won what 90% of his games, 92% of his games, and still he's on the hot seat out there. He's a seven and oh cruising to the national champion the playoffs. I mean, if he loses this game or if this game is close, the fans will be like out that be out to get him. It's sort of amazing. It's a tough job at Ohio State. But yeah, I I love that moment when when Chiano gave him a little gave him a little business. Certainly made it easier for me to have something to write about. Give him the old Polly Walnuts. Pinky Gave him the Paulie Walnuts, right? The Paulie Walnuts. Oh, That's... don't mess with my guys. Give him that. Binky pointer. Love it. All right. Do you want to dive into true or false? Let's do it. No. I, I no. really don't want Not this week. Okay. Please. Too bad. True or false? Tyreem Powell is irreplaceable in this Rutgers defense. Is there a player who can step up and fill his role? Pat, true or false? Uh, Rutgers actually does have some decent replacements but a guy playing like powell the way he was playing is certainly irreplaceable so i'm going to say true ryan i'll say false i, I trust in motoray and i think that maybe not to the level powell's playing but i think he will uh be an adequate replacement that Rutgers does not skip a beat uh i'm gonna go i was i would have say true last week thinking about it now i'm gonna go false as well i think that the when you got a good dc you can come up with something to to mix it up as well so uh that that's i think it's false all right true or false Rutgers will have a real fifty thousand people at the ohio state game pat have we checked the weather forecast first? oh man i haven't actually <laughs> <laughs> But I'm going to say actually true because Ohio State travels really well and Rutgers is six and two playing in one of its biggest games in a long time. So mm-hmm. I have I have some faith. Brian, your thoughts? Well, while I, while I get to the bottom of this, it better be true. If you don't get 50,000 people in that stadium, I'd say it's a pretty big disappointment considering everything Pat just mentioned. So I will say I will put some belief in Rutgers and say true. According to according to my weather app, it's going to be sunny and sixty degrees. Ooh, a little chilly. Ooh. Could be a breeze. Could be a maybe. There's a little wind. I'll stop kidding, people. I'm kidding. Perfect weather for a football game. I agree. True. Little fifty thousand folks will be there. Students, Ohio State fans. Could be a great atmosphere. All right. True or false? Beating Ohio State would be the biggest win in Rutgers history. We've talked about it before. Let's talk about it again. Pat. True or false? True. Stick with my gut reaction Brian you're still on the Louisville bandwagon or you moved most impressive win biggest upset absolutely most meaningful I'll say false I still think Louisville until Rutgers is in a point where an upset puts them in the national championship conversation I will not change that idea I think Louisville will hold them top of the mantle for quite some time I think it's true based on where this program has been in, in the Big Ten and the results so far in the first nine games, it would be a monumental victory that would go to number one on the list. So I'm, I'm going with Pat on that one. All right, true or false? Kyle Manungai will not only break the 1,000 yard mark, he will be an all Big Ten selection. Pat, our man, Kyle Manungai, the monster. Yeah, true. The guy nobody wanted. Thousand yard rusher. Brian? If he leads them to another win, no matter who it is in these last four games, I think he'll be second team all Big Ten almost assuredly. So I'll say true. Okay. I'm with you too. Absolutely true. All right. Joe Harasimiak will be the Rutgers defensive quarter next season. Are we going to lose Big Joe to another job? Pat. Better hope so. <laughs> Better yeah. hope he stays. I mean, this guy, 
Uh, Rob D, friend of the pod, had a great suggestion. When you hand Shiano his contract extension, maybe you should tack on a few years for Joe Harris-Simiak as well, a little bit of a pay raise. So I'm, I'm going to say true, he will be here because it seemed like his comments actually backed up his his uh, his words, backed up his actions. He loves New Jersey. He loves this team. I, I mm-hmm. think I think that's true. Brian? He had a contract extension after one year, became the first million-dollar defensive coordinator in program history, and has been worth every cent to this program. I agree with Pat that, you know, an extension in this offseason might not be a bad idea. And I'm not sure there are going to be many jobs that will open that would be interested in Harrisimiak that would be worth leaving the situation he's in now. I think he's in a great spot. I think the relationship between him and Shiano mm-hmm. and where he is in the program are really, really good for all parties. So I will say true. I agree. Absolutely. We're all on board with this one. True. And, and the other part of it is if you're not going to lure him away for another assistant coaching job, which I think is the I think it would be difficult for him to be taken someplace unless I don't know, is Texas going to a program like that going to throw two million at him? I don't think so. So I think he's going to still be around next year. True. All right. And finally, with Cooper flag headed to Duke, it's even more likely than ever that Rutgers gets Dylan Harper. Brian, you just posted the story moments ago about Cooper Flag heading to Duke and its ramifications. What does it mean for Dylan Harper? So the one thing I know for a fact it means is that Rutgers, even if it does get Dylan Harper, will not have the number one class in 2024. Duke has an almost insurmountable lead with two, with three five stars uh, on the composite rankings. But I'm not sure it has anything to do one thing with the other. I think Cooper Flag to Duke, despite some late UConn intrigue, was always kind of really the where he was going to end up. And I think that doesn't really affect Dylan's decision. I don't really think Duke is in the running much. I think that's kind of been considering they've taken another guard and they're taking Cooper flag. I don't think Dylan Harper to Duke is really the only thing with Dylan Harper to Duke is if he waits until the spring, there's intrigue on whether their sophomore guards go to the league or stay another year. Mm. And if they go to the league, there's an open spot in the backcourt, you know, that might be interesting. It depends on, again, we don't know when Dylan Harper is going to decide. If he decides within the next week, I'd feel really good about Rutgers. If he if he pushes it to the spring, I'd still feel good about Rutgers, but I think that leaving another three months open of courting and seeing how things work out in the season, leave you a little vulnerable. Uh, ultimately, I think Dylan Harper ends up at Rutgers, and I would be surprised if he ended up anywhere else. Okay. I'll take that as a true, Pat. In fewer words than that, true or false? <laughs> what was the question? I don't remember. <laughs> Cooper flag. Uh, yeah, Dylan Harper. Uh, let's let's keep this streamlined and say he is still on track to be a Scarlet Knight. True. Yeah, whatever, it, it, whatever true. it was. Uh, I just don't know that Coop. I don't know that. I thought Duke was out of it too. I think it's. I think it's Rutgers, Kansas. So I think it's irrelevant to it. So I will say false because. Cooper Flag has nothing to do with Dylan Harper. Uh, hey, all right. Good job, guys. Let's talk basketball while we're here with Dylan Harper. I mean, we're now a week away from the opener. Is that correct? A week from tonight? Right. Very exciting. Basketball. Uh, I guess there was a scrimmage against DePaul. Is that the rumors of that true? What What do we know? What's going on with the basketball program? It's a secret. It's a secret, Steve. It's That's a secret fun. scrimmage. Your, your buddy. How, did get, how did they sneak him in here? If this uh, is, yeah. it, it's a secret that they were in Chicago. Only three of their players posted about it on Instagram. Uh-huh. Um, 
So well-kept secret. Uh, your boy Trudy Johansson also somehow got into the gym or got some information from someone in the gym. And he said that Rutgers beat DePaul by 32 points. Wow. Is DePaul any good? I don't doubt it. So let's let's do some, as you did in the beginning of the pod, let's do some mm-hmm. transitive math. St. Okay. John's beat Rutgers. Right. Pace beat St. John's. Mm, okay. Rutgers beat DePaul. Right. So Pace is better than DePaul. I totally. I mean, so there's Rutgers, a question about that. So Rutgers Pace beat St. John's? When, when did that happen? Last night. Pace? Like the Pacers or the pa- uh, Pace? Division two Pace University <laughs> beat St. John's wire to wire. St. John's did not lead. I know. Went, that's tough. They went 11 minutes without a made field goal. Really? Is that wow. The Rucker special. That was a scrimmage, but it was an open scrimmage. Sleeping that was on not pace. Nice. So my point is DePaul is worse than a Division two program. They might go D3 by the end of the month. Uh, and Rutgers beat them by 32 points. So uh, what does that mean? I have no idea, but it means we're one day closer to the start of the season and the stuff mattering for real and seeing if they can beat Princeton in the highly anticipated return of the rivalry. It's. I mean, I'm glad the rivalry is back. Is Princeton going to be any good this year? What do we know about them? Is this going to be like a real test? Like a like last year, if they had played Princeton, that was a really good Princeton team. Uh, had a guy a borderline NBA play. I mean, they that was a uh, got to the uh, did some damage in this really tournament. I mean, what well, what do we know about Princeton this year? So they lost Tosan, who was their best yeah. player. I think he got he's in the Pistons or their G League equivalent. G League, um, yes. Uh, they had the Ivy League freshman of the year, Caden Pierce. He's supposed to be uh, primed for a big year. They did lose one of their better shooters to Northwestern, but I think he had to leave because he was a graduate student, and the Ivy League doesn't let you have graduate students for some yep. reason. So I don't know. I, I've heard a lot from our colleague, Jerry Carino, who has said many times that this is not the typical Princeton, slow it down, play 30 possessions, backdoor cut. They'll shoot the ball a lot. Uh, so it's a game where you got to hope that Princeton does not shoot the lights out of the ball. I think Rutgers, in its limited size that I saw, can't really shoot the ball. So if it becomes a shootout, I'm not sure Rutgers can keep up. Uh, but I think Rutgers has the clear advantage inside and uh, depth-wise, too. So uh, I think it will come down to can Rutgers defend the perimeter and uh, can they score in transition? It's sort of fascinating, Pat. Other than the very obvious guys on this team, like I know Cliff's going to play 32 minutes. <laughs> I really don't. I couldn't tell you what this rotation, what this is going to look like in this open. I honestly, honestly don't. And I, I I'm, I'm very intrigued to see it because this is the first time I've kind of felt that way about this team in a while. Um, you know, I've got some ideas. I've got some theories. I've, yeah, I, I, I think I know who's going to be out there for, for the most of the game. But if you, if you, if you told me I was wrong or if something else happened, I mean, there's a lot, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of interest about this. And, and I think that it's, that, plays to the fact that Rutgers has a little bit of a deeper team than it has in, in the last couple of seasons, right? They'll, they'll play more guys than they have and the rotations and the, the formations. I'm still in football mode. Formations. Uh, <laughs> X's and O's. The it's X's right. and O's. Uh, the overlap season. Uh, but yeah, what, what I'm trying to say is that they, 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 it feels like outside of Cliff, they don't have that dominant star and they're going to make up for it with depth. So definitely a different team and uh, an interesting one to, to, to monitor through the, through the non-conference schedule. We all going to be there. Who's going to this game? All three of us. Am I going? I'm a I'll, TBD. You're TBD. It's either I'll, this or Jets chargers. Oof. I don't know if I could do another Jets game to be quite honest with you. 
That was a that's brutal tough, one man. last night, dude. That's tough. Have, you didn't have to write at the yeah. gun yesterday, did you? No, no, I actually went down. This is great. So if you were talking about the Jets Giants game, if you folks were, and after um uh after they've uh I went downstairs. I thought the Giants had it wrapped up after uh, after Zach Wilson was sacked for a 15-yard loss on a fourth and ten. I'm like, well, that's it. So I walked downstairs and standing, and I was standing down uh, in the uh, the bowels of MetLife Stadium with drunks getting arrested, watching the end of that game and watching the uh, Jets inexplicably win that one. Kind of wild, yeah. Sometimes bad football games can be good, and that was kind of the the example of that. When you're like, this game is so bad, it's intriguing. So there you go. That's my giant segment. Experience the Heldridge Hotel, a luxury hotel that's perfect for both the business and leisure traveler. Ideally located within minutes of Rutgers University, the Heldrich is convenient to all the action and activities at SHI Stadium, Jersey Mike's Arena, and the Rutgers University campus. The moment you walk through the doors of the Heldrich Hotel and Conference Center, you know you're someplace different. A place with an independent spirit and a boutique vibe. A place where you can immerse yourself in your meeting or event as easily as you can the local culture. Located in the heart of the city, the Heldrich lets you experience all that New Brunswick has to offer. Whether you're coming to New Brunswick for a fun weekend with friends, in town for a Scarlet Night's game, or attending a business meeting, book your accommodations today at theheldridge.com. All right. What do you want to do now? I want to talk some questions here. What else we what else we got? We only got a few questions this week. Kind of uh I think that the Rutgers insiders are are giving up on us, or I don't know. They just Five don't. Weeks, They'll be back. We've answered all of their questions, I guess. There's nothing to be outraged about. So it's just we've only got a handful. So let's do them all then. We'll do every one that you sent sent me to here. All right. Talk me off the scarlet colored glasses ledge here. Based on this week's games, give me any reason not named Marvin Harrison Jr. that says we can't be in all four of these games till the end of the year. Ohio State looks like they got banged up a bit. Could we be getting them at the right time where we can make this game and potentially win if we play clean? I mean, we talked about this a little bit. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I mean, this is it. This is the fact that we can say this is what makes it interesting. Right. I mean, this is I, I don't I, I, everything's got to go your way. You've got to do some things you haven't done in the game this year. You've got to you got to make some play. You got to get some breaks. You got to win the turnover battle. All of the cliches. But yes. This is a potential the fact that they're even in, within the, the fact that we're having this conversation is encouraging for Rutgers fans. As we said before, like to be competitive with Ohio state is a, is a, a, a sign of progress in my eyes. So I, I think, yeah, like to even consider Rutgers having a shot with the way it plays defense and runs the ball, I think it uh, speaks for itself. And yeah, I mean, Ohio state hasn't looked, tremendous but i still think that they looked pretty good against wisconsin and and had all facets kind of figured out especially leaning on the defense so yeah i'm not uh particularly encouraged courage to pick an upset here but i i think this will be the best the best game Rutgers gives ohio state since they joined the big 10 so brian you on board with that what i would say is fine we can discount marvin harrison and the truth is that yes ohio state's offense is not explosive but Ohio State's defense is so good that it might be hard to score at all. It might be hard to score more than one time. So all Ohio State probably is going to have to score is 13 points, 17 points at best. So I would say that that is the biggest hurdle is just putting up points against, again, top five, top 10 defense, just an elite unit. This might be the case. And I was thinking about this. Rutgers might be the sixth, fifth or sixth best team in the Big Ten this year, but they're going to play. They're playing 
the top the teams above them no matter no matter how you rank that list like you can put where we put wisconsin i think wisconsin is probably still in that you know if you put Rutgers six they could have played the five above them which is you know just a bad break for scarlet knights all right specifically for you brian and where would you put rutgers in your top 35 is the question i guess people are wondering because clearly they're not in your top 25 how close are you to putting Rutgers at 25 versus his last couple of teams of Kansas State and Liberty? Are they your last couple of teams? Liberty is your last couple of teams? I'm outraged myself. I I know nothing about Liberty. I'm kidding. So give me your reasoning on this. The 8-0 Liberty Flames. were The 8-0 Liberty Flames. Man. Yes. So this is a very well-worded question. I applaud this man or woman. Sorry. They should be a journalist because they nailed me down. I would say I gave Rutgers some serious consideration this week. Like I really, really? did think about it. Hmm. I was going to think because I was between a few teams at number 25. It was Liberty, Oklahoma State, which is six and two, has a pretty bad loss to South Alabama. Uh, not a bad loss, but it has a non power five loss to South Alabama. And then Rutgers. But even though Rutgers got a bump because the teams it beat had two big wins, they haven't beaten anybody with a winning record, right? Oklahoma State obviously has. Liberty, their wins aren't great, but they haven't lost. Right, I think there's some credit to do to that. I like to award teams like James Madison, Liberty, Air Force, who are undefeated two thirds into the season. That's not easy, so uh, that's kind of my logic there. Uh, I think if Rutgers, I said this a bit on Twitter when I've had this discussion uh, with, and there was a fan that told me to be brave and pick Rutgers. I guess I wasn't brave enough to do it. Be brave, but I would say if Rutgers keeps it close in the fourth quarter against Ohio State. And other things work in their favor. The other teams in the bottom of the top 25 fall off. I would consider Rutgers. I certainly think that if they keep it close against Ohio State and beat Iowa, I mean, they'd be a lock for my top 25, I'd say, at that point, at 7-3. and three. So uh, to answer the question, Rutgers was probably 28th, 27th, 28th, 29th, somewhere in that range. But the 24-29 to 29 range is so tight that maybe if they caught me on a better day and I got a more persuasive argument, I'd pick Rutgers, but Kansas State has been destroying teams. Liberty's undefeated. I couldn't justify. Um, and I, as I said, I I have to have a higher threshold of picking Rutgers than other people because it's easy for Stephen Johnson of the Fort Worth Telegraph, who, by the way, dropped Rutgers from 24 to 25 this week. I, you might have to do a follow-up on that, Pat, that he – I don't yeah. know what his deal is. But I uh, did I did press him. I said, I know Rutgers is on a bye. Like, you're not going to take them out of your top 25 this week. And he, this is before he dropped them down, of course. But he, he was like, I think they'll still be in my top 25, but I can't guarantee it. So that goes against all my voting. Uh, you used to do the top 20 for for high school sports and things like that, right? You don't move a team on their bye week, right? Like You can't punish them. It might be because I, I know too much about um, – I've seen how the sausage is made here that I'm just, I'm just constantly amazed that anybody gives a crap about like – who you who not you specifically brian who any who steve johnson who anybody has who the, who is in the top 25 it's still kind of i find a little remarkable because i, I know how the list is made and i know you know it's, it's certainly an imperfection imp, imperfect thing and it's also 2023 you know it seems like that that's a very like you know aol kind of 1990 something deal the top 25 the people really can people people really do get pissed off about it still People really care. They really care. Um, and I've learned that it's uh, universal across all fan bases. Mm. I'm getting guff from Rutgers fans, from Ohio State fans, because I didn't vote them in the top three. Instead, I voted them in number five last week. 
from Florida State fans, from you know, from a thousand different fans. Would you take a bribe if someone was going to offer you like say five hundred dollars to put? I don't know. Give me a team, Pat. Like, like uh, Iowa State. They're in the top sure, twenty. Sure, give me, yeah. give me if an Iowa State fan wanted them in the top ten to give me five hundred bucks. What would you do? How would you? How would you say? Do you have to bring that? Is it like like a a poll board that you've got to bring it to? Her? I've been bribed. What do you have to do in that situation? I block the person on Twitter or their you number for mm-hmm. disrespecting me enough to think I would do something like that to hurt my integrity mm-hmm. and the integrity of the Associated Press top twenty five poll. It's a I would good never. answer. Right. Now, if you're saying a thousand dollars, then <laughs> oh wait a minute now. <laughs> Look at that. Look at the ethics. Just he's for sale with the St. Elmo's for... cocktail sauce, dude. He's for sale. That's all I gotta say, Rutgers fans, if you're worried about it. Man, I can't believe this. This is clearly a joke. This is clearly a joke. Just to be like over the top <laughs> obvious, I will not oh be bribed for my AP top twenty five vote unless Rutgers fans want to drop twenty five thousand dollars in my bank account. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't tweet at me and don't tweet oh, at the AP top twenty five. Don't tweet at Ralph Rosso. I'm oh, joking. Rutgers is number one, and one who one guy's got him number one. What happened? Love it. Where'd All you right. put Ohio State this week, Brian? Uh, I think I put them number three. I think I dropped Washington and I bumped. I had Georgia one, Michigan two, number for sure. The sign stealing scandal does nothing to affect my vote of Michigan. And I think I put Ohio State three, Florida State four, Washington five. Wow. Okay. You might be moving up closest to the median after that ballot. I think so. I think I'm falling closer to the uh the sheep, the hive mind. I think so. Sheeples. Sheeples. All right, question from Morocco. With the Rutgers defense definitely playing good enough to be a Big Ten championship team, do you anticipate any changes to the offense or special teams to help can kickstart the, the offense against Iowa State? We talked about this a little bit. He also wants to know if you could, if there's possible that we could work with Wimsett on his accuracy in the bye week. I doubt that's going to happen, Rocco. That's not something you can fix uh, in a couple of uh, film sessions uh, between games. I do think, and I said this before, I do think they're going to there will be some kind of wrinkle coming out of this thing. Um, the offense we saw against Indiana, whether it kind of felt like how the Giants tried to win that game against the Jets, where you got to run, you got to run the ball, you know, 90% of the time or whatever it was, that is not going to be what they do in this game. I'm convinced of that. They're going to put the ball in Wimps's hands for better, for worse. I think that's what they're going to do. You guys disagree? No, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, I think you, you have to figure out which Wimpsit are you going to get. The one that was making those plays down the field against Michigan or the mm-hmm. one throwing the back-breaking interception, because we have we have seen him make good throws, and we've made, seen him make horrible throws against Indiana, right? So, but you got to roll with him in this game, because as you said, you're not going to win win this game, or, or even stay competitive in this game, running the ball 50 times uh, against a defense that's so, so good, and obviously going to be ready for that game plan. So I think you can game plan against Indiana because you can push them around physically on the offensive line. You're not going to push around Ohio state at the point of attack. So you got to open it up and you got to, you got to trust that even, even if Gavin doesn't have a great game, he's learning in this situation and seeing things differently and at least having a shot to throw the ball. I did ask Gavin last week about some of his passes being sailed on him, like throwing the ball too high and he didn't exactly say why it happens, but he did say that the bye week is a good opportunity to fix mm-hmm. fundamentals and improve on it. Um, to your point, Steve, I don't think you can fix all of that in a week's time. I do think it's a good opportunity versus a regular game week where you're not prepping for opponents and you could self-scout and do all that stuff. I would not expect Gavin Wimpsett to start completing 65% of his passes, um, but I do think they need him to 
not turn it over. They need at least one big play, something, some deep ball, maybe not an 80-yard touchdown, but a 50-yard completion, something to stretch the field and give themselves a shot. All right. Good job with the questions, everyone. Thank you. We'll uh, be back. Hopefully we'll have more of them after the Penn State game because I understand not a lot going on. All right. What else we got? Oh, we got that, man. Not a good week for our uh, field hockey, women's soccer. Uh, feel like a seven to two lost uh, Iowa. Is that right? Man, I don't need Candace Lanny on here to tell me that's not good. I can do that myself. I can, I can, I can go out on the limb and say something went wrong there in, uh, in Iowa City. That was very unexpected. Do we know? Anything more about that, guys? Is that that does not it does not sink the season, obviously, but it's certainly not a good sign. Emotional letdown spot. It's it's not really a relevant game anyway because they were going to finish second in the Big Ten because Northwestern demolished Maryland on Thursday. Right. Um, so they're going to be the second seed in the Big Ten tournament, and the new season starts now. Um, I do think it's hard to get up for a meaningless game five days after. I mean, just a crushing loss. So <laughs> after they were robbed, don't crushing loss. Leave that off. Robbery. Ah, it, it, uh, I will say it was uncharacteristic of Rutgers too, because they have been playing such great defense and all it's been a low scoring season all, all along. So to give up seven goals seemed like such an outlier that maybe Brian's right. It was just such an emotional letdown um, coming off of that robbery. Wait, I'm looking up who field hockey is going to play in the tournament. Okay. Number two Rutgers, mm-hmm. number seven, Michigan on Thursday. If they win, they will face the winner of number three, Maryland, or number six, Iowa. How'd that happen? I don't know. Yeah. But there you go. If they win Thursday on Friday, they might have an opportunity for some revenge on the Hawkeyes. There you go. I expect a different field hockey team. Maryland? No, I just expect Rutgers to be a different field hockey team. And this two games get, get back to what got them 15 and 0. All right. But women's soccer team lost on PKs. To Wisconsin, is that right? No. Yes, yes. that is correct. Wisconsin, uh, not looking good for NCAA's. What do we? What, how do we feel about that? That streak coming to an end. They got lucky to not lose in regulation. They had two goal line clearances at the end of regulation, uh, and Wisconsin at one point was out shooting them seventeen to two. Shots aren't <laughs> everything in soccer, but the pure volume of like getting dominated like that tells me that Wisconsin had control of the game. I watched the tail end of it. Uh, Wisconsin probably was the rightful winner. Rutgers finished this year well. I think they won four of their last six games, but I think they're in a long wait until next Monday when the selection show happens. I don't think it's a lock. They make the tournament. That would snap, like you said, a 12-year, 11-year streak because they've made it every year since 2012. It would be a tough setback and maybe a wake-up call for this program that you know they've kind of been playing at a very high level for a long time, and they've slowly been falling down a bit and this year is really a down year for their first down year in quite some time so does that mean changes for the program i'm not sure about that but they certainly are regressing and obviously for a program that you think gave Rutgers its best chance at a national championship at big 10 championships the high standard they'd set you'd like to think that they'd like to get back to what that was uh and i'm sure carney native soccer town usa alum mike o'neill will get right on that to bringing the program back to where it was all right, excellent. Anything else, Pat? What we got? Wrestling season starting soon? Yeah, wrestling starts this weekend in California. They're taking on Cal Poly and Duke in, in a try match. And uh, then it'll be the home opener. It's the Friday before Penn State 
against number three Virginia Tech. So that's the big one to circle and be an exciting opener at the Jersey Mike's Arena. Nice. Did you do good? Uh Rutgers should should handle both teams pretty easily. So they should be coming into that Virginia Tech match with a two and zero record. It's in California this this meet. San Luis Obispo is where Cal Poly is. Nice. Okay. SLB. Road trip. All right. That's all I got, guys. You got anything else? Men's soccer. Ooh, men's soccer. Rutgers lost 4-1 in Bloomington on Sunday to conclude the regular season. Okay. Uh, they're 5-7-3. and three. Uh, So they're not going to get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament. They're going to have to win the Big Ten tournament for a second straight year. Uh, they start that journey in the quarterfinals against Penn State on Friday. Uh, they'd have to win three straight games, make the tournament. Seems unlikely. Volleyball, 10 and 12. Wow. Uh, overall, they are 2 and 10 in the Big Ten after a 3 2 win over Iowa in Iowa City. I'd have to look up when the last time they had a road Big Ten win, probably since they beat Maryland in like 2018 or 2019 or something. So, big win for Scarlet Knights. And then obviously, uh, they followed it up with a three nothing loss to number one Nebraska in Lincoln on Sunday. Uh, that's a bit of too tall of a task to ask, um, but the eight two Big Ten wins, and they almost beat Illinois the week before they lost three two. So the volleyball program is on an upward trajectory. Lovely. All right, that's all we got this week, fellas. We're going to be back uh, on later in the week to do our picks pod edition to play a little. Boomer Zoomer, see who, see which one of us comes closest to picking Rutgers winning this game. Uh, until then, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Rutgers Rant. To participate in the conversation and receive live updates about the Scarlet Knights directly to your phone, sign up at nj.com slash insider.